0: chapter six of confidence this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org confidence by henry james chapter six that evening in the gardens of the kursaal he renewed acquaintance with angela vivian her mother came as usual to sit and listen to the music accompanied by blanche Evers who was in turn attended by captain lovelock this little party found privacy in the crowd they seated themselves in a quiet corner in an angle of one of the barriers of the terrace while the movement of the brilliant baden world went on around them gordon wright engaged in conversation with mrs vivian while bernard enjoyed an interview with her daughter this young lady continued to ignore the fact of their previous meeting and our hero said to himself that all he wished was to know what she preferred he would rigidly conform to it he conformed to her present programme he had ventured to pronounce the word sienna the evening before but he was careful not to pronounce it again she had her reasons for her own reserve he wondered what they were and it gave him a certain pleasure to wonder he enjoyed the consciousness of their having a secret together, and it became a kind of entertaining suspense to see how long she would continue to keep it. For himself he was in no hurry to let the daylight in. The little incident at Siena had been in itself a charming affair, but Miss Vivian's present attitude gave it a sort of mystic consecration. He thought she carried it off very well. The theory that she had not seen him before last evening she had been slightly confused but now she was as self-possessed as if the line she had taken were a matter of conscience why should it be a matter of conscience was she in love with gordon wright and did she wish in consequence to forget and wish him not to suspect that she had ever received an expression of admiration from another man this was not likely it was not likely at least that miss vivian wished to pass for a prodigy of innocence for if to be admired is to pay a tribute to corruption it was perfectly obvious that so handsome a girl must have tasted of the tree of knowledge as for her being in love with gordon wright that of course was another affair and bernard did not pretend as yet to have an opinion on this point beyond hoping very much that she might be he was not wrong in the impression of her good looks that he had carried away from the short interview at siena she had a charmingly chiselled face with a free pure outline a clear fair complexion and the eyes and hair of a dusky beauty her features had a firmness which suggested tranquillity and yet her expression was light and quick a combination or a contradiction which gave an original stamp to her beauty Bernard remembered that he had thought it a trifle bold, but he now perceived that this had been but a vulgar misreading of her dark, direct, observant eye. The eye was a charming one, Bernard discovered in it little by little all sorts of things, and Miss Vivian was, for the present, simply a handsome, intelligent, smiling girl. He gave her an opportunity to make an allusion to Siena. He said to her that his friend told him that she and her mother had been spending the winter in Italy. "'Oh, yes,' said Angela Vivian, "'we were in the far south. We were five months at Sorrento. "'And nowhere else? We spent a few days in Rome. "'We usually prefer the quiet places. That is my mother's taste.' "'It was not your mother's taste, then,' said Bernard, "'that brought you to Baden?' She looked at him a moment. You mean that Baden is not quiet? Longville glanced about at the moving, murmuring crowd, at the lighted windows of the conversation house, at the great orchestra perched up in its pagoda. This is not my idea of absolute tranquillity. Not mine either, said Miss Vivian. I am not fond of absolute tranquillity. How do you arrange it, then, with your mother? Again she looked at him a moment, with her clever, slightly mocking smile as you see by making her come where i wish you have a strong will said bernard i see that no i have simply a weak mother but i make sacrifices too sometimes what do you call sacrifices well spending the winter at sorrento bernard began to laugh and then he told her she must have had a very happy life to call a winter at sorrento a sacrifice it depends upon what one gives up said miss vivian what did you give up? She touched him with her mocking smile again. That is not a very civil question, asked in that way. You mean that I seem to doubt your abnegation? You seem to insinuate that I had nothing to renounce. I gave up, I gave up, and she looked about her, considering a little, I gave up society. I am glad you remember what it was, said Bernard. If I have seemed uncivil, let me make it up when a woman speaks of giving up society what she means is giving up admiration you could never have given up that you could never have escaped from it you must have found it even at sorrento it may have been there but i never found it it was very respectful it never expressed itself that is the deepest kind said bernard i prefer the shallower varieties the young girl answered well said bernard you must remember that although shallow admiration expresses itself all the admiration that expresses itself is not shallow miss vivian hesitated a moment some of it is impertinent she said looking straight at him rather gravely bernard hesitated about as long when it is impertinent it is shallow that comes to the same thing the young girl frowned a little i am not sure that i understand i am rather stupid but you see how right i am in my taste for such places as this i have to come here to hear such ingenious remarks you should add that my coming as well has something to do with it everything said miss vivian everything does no one else make ingenious remarks doesn't my friend wright mr wright says excellent things but i should not exactly call them ingenious remarks it is not what wright says it's what he does that's the charm said bernard his companion was silent for a moment that's not usually a charm good conduct is not thought pleasing it surely is not thought the reverse bernard exclaimed it doesn't rank in the opinion of most people among the things that make men agreeable it depends upon what you call agreeable. Exactly so, said Miss Vivian. It all depends on that. But the agreeable, Bernard went on, it isn't, after all, fortunately, such a subtle idea. The world certainly is agreed to think that virtue is a beautiful thing. Miss Vivian dropped her eyes a moment, and then looking up. Is it a charm? she asked. For me there is no charm without it. "'Bernard declared. "'I'm afraid that for me there is,' said the young girl. "'Bernard was puzzled, he who was not often puzzled. "'His companion struck him as altogether too clever "'to be likely to indulge in a silly affectation of cynicism, "'and yet without this how could one account for her sneering at virtue? "'You talk as if you had sounded the depths of vice,' he said, laughing. "'What do you know about?' other than virtuous charms i know of course nothing about vice but i have known virtue when it was very tiresome ah then it was a poor affair it was poor virtue the best virtue is never tiresome miss Vivian looked at him a little with her fine discriminating eye what a dreadful thing to have to think any virtue poor this was a touching reflection and it might have gone further had not the conversation been interrupted by mrs vivian's appealing to her daughter to aid a defective recollection of a story about a spanish family they had met at biarritz with which she had undertaken to entertain gordon wright after this the little circle was joined by a party of american friends who were spending a week at baden and the conversation became general End of chapter 6